This episode sponsored by Emporium Arcade Bar. Emporium's three Chicagoland locations combine the best arcade games, craft beer, and live events. Check out EmporiumChicago.com slash CPC for a free drink or game tokens. Tonight on Bullstone. The nationwide craze of Pokemon Go, which incorporates fitness and walking into a video game, has forced many an old person to realize they just don't want young people to have fun. Two little dicky birds sitting on a shawl? What you need to know about the new trend of birds as accessories. With the end of the Republican National Convention and the beginning of the Democratic National Convention, all of America stands aghast at the giant shit show that is our democracy. There was an old woman who lived in a tissue. <laughs> the experts weigh in on building a home out of used Kleenex boxes. All these thong-dongling stories and more tonight on Bullstone. Welcome to Bullstone. I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. Hi, everybody. Hey. Uh, tonight, we have an extraordinarily handsome guest. It's David Flora. Hi. 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 Oh, in the closed captioning version, it says, handsome sounds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How are you doing, David? Good. I'm good. Man, the heat. Yeah, it is warm. I... This week is the uh, Register's annual Great Bike Ride across Iowa, which I usually go on every year. This year, owing to the move and everything, I skipped it. Couldn't be happier. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, they are going to be roasting out there. Ironically, uh, no pigs. (laughs) My fiance (laughs) is working Ragbri as a uh, emergency medical staff, so she's, she's out there and I'm not. Sorry, does, Kim. Does she at least get a tent? No. <laughs> she's no. In a, I think that she's in a I think she's in an ambulance all day. They have a hotel room. They get a hotel. Oh, okay. So but yeah, no. Wow. I think that I think that she's literally just riding in an ambulance up and down the course. You you know what uh what we should do? We should start a business of m- mobile cooling stations with like oh. the misters, like mobile misters. Yeah. We Mr. Just, Mobile. Mr. Mobile. We we drive up and, and we, we mist and, and spritz people. Oh, probably man. shouldn't say this on the podcast. People someone's gonna steal that idea. People do they do in some of the towns they'll like crack a, a fire hydrant so it's just spraying across the street. And so if you yeah. want you can ride through it and stuff. Oh yeah, that's 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 gonna be tough on people this year. I have no idea how we'd make money doing that, but <laughs> Me neither. There's, there's the basis of it. I guess yep. maybe we sell Hawaiian ice while we do it. <laughs> How about you sell you Italian Hawaiian ice because you have a good Italian grandma and I'll <laughs> learn a Hawaiian accent and I'll sell Hawaiian ice. <laughs> okay. Mahalo. Mahalo Italiano. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. So what are we, what are we doing tonight? What is oh, this? Oh, man. I've got, I've got tonight. I'm going with what I call in my head popcorn stories. I don't have like. Listen, y'all can thank Roxanne for the 10 trillionth time for the list of stinging insect descriptions. Uh-huh. I don't I don't think I have anything that we can just settle into that thoroughly. <laughs> but uh, I do have a ton of fun little stories. So that's kind of the, the way I'm going after it. That's cool. That's cool. I got some I found some stuff from July that uh, I, th- I think uh, there's a couple of interesting stories and yeah. then kind of a popcorn popcorny for me but b- before we get into it let's let's chat some more <laughs> yeah uh how, how's your pop culture lately you seen anything uh good on the the bigger little screen well um i have had the opportunity to kind of watch for the first time in my life uh, be more in touch with what's going on at the uh comic con this year so i've, I've been kind of watching Man. all the trailers as they come out 
Right, uh, there's a ton of trailers. Yeah. The Batman Lego movie looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. It's uh, just not a single preview of Suicide Squad that I've seen that makes me want to see it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It just there's, I, I don't know why it just doesn't put a hook in me. I'll see it. I'm going to definitely see it. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'll like it or not. I, I, I'm not going to have too high expectations going into it, but. Yeah, I mean, I will see it. There's no question about that. What about uh, what about Doctor Strange? Oh, I you know what? I saw that the new pre the new trailer was out, and I haven't seen that yet. I know that new you've got to be all over it. Awesome! It, it looks great. So crazy because he does magic in it. Because he does magic, you know, and and I feel like they're really capitalizing on like the the '60s mentality of when he was created. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like mind bending, uh, out there type stuff. So. I mean, but I'm I'm impressed with the sheer volume of stuff that Marvel's doing. Marvel has a show coming yeah. out on FX. They got the Luke Cage thing coming out. They've got they've got shit from hell to breakfast, and I love all of it. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen anything that I haven't seen anything suck yet. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And I w- we we just barely talked about this a little earlier, uh, OOC, but like. I just finished Stranger Things on Netflix. Uh-huh. You you haven't started it yet, but no. uh, I'll probably I, wait for Kim to get back because I think that's something she'd be into yeah. also. Yeah, for sure. Like, because I have to remember, Flora, I'm watching for two now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because it, it it's got uh, a lot of fun D and D in it. Oh, it's it's got a couple of things that you and I talk about, and I'm not going to say anything so I don't spoil anything. Boo. It, it definitely touches on a couple of uh, uh, pieces from our realms, and so I appreciate that. That's badass. Uh, speaking yeah. of uh, D&D, I, what I have been watching is Harmon Quest on CISO. Haven't seen that yet, yeah. It's uh, the first episode. I think it's on YouTube. I know it's definitely on Amazon Video for free. It's just silly. It's them playing. They, they play D&D, and then every week they have a... Uh, a guest come in. So the first episode has Paul F. Tonkins. Uh, Ron Funches is in one. The one I'm watching right now has Aubrey Plaza um, as, as the extra characters that come in and out of the story. Um, you like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to watch. I still see. Uh, uh, so mechanically is a nightmare. Every time you open it up, you have to like re log in through everything and it never remembers what you were watching, or if you want to watch the next episode of something, you have to like find it all over again. It is a mechanical nightmare, but it's got a lot of good content. Hmm. So that's that's how I feel seen. about it. Have you seen the Ghostbusters yet? I have. Kim and I went and saw that. Kim loved it. I enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it a bit, but it didn't it didn't re rearrange my brain. Yeah, no, I it didn't rearrange my brain either. But I I certainly enjoyed it. I love that they really. They they really got real on on the paranormal stuff. Yeah, you know, they talk about EVPs and uh, there was another thing that I was like, oh, shit, we talked about that. Uh, and I it, it was another like a, an MK Ultra thing throw in or something like that. But I'm not, I don't think it was that. It may have been. But anyways, Annie and I saw it. We both uh, had a good time. I mean, it's it was entertaining. Yeah, like it I was, was I was surprisingly entertained. I mean, I didn't I didn't think I wouldn't be, but. It met and exceeded my expectations going in, I think. All I want is more Kate McKinnon. No matter what that woman does, it's amazing. And her character, uh, Holtzman, was by far my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she's just she's weirdly coming out as the big, big weird, winner yeah, of that movie. Weirdly bizarre and strangely aggressive. <laughs> yeah. And I liked uh, how many uh, secret deleted scenes and stuff like they had all the way through the end of it. Because I think they, they improvised a lot of it, and then they were like, how the hell do we use this? We can't, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. But we were very entertained. I think it's an entertaining movie. Uh, I think a lot of people go into it expecting a couple things. Number one, they expect it to be the same story as the old one. Right. And it, it from the from the opening scene, it's, it's completely, it's a whole new story just yeah. with that, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, the Ghostbuster world and, and people becoming Ghostbusters. Yeah. So it's, I thought, a, it's a whole new story. I thought they did a great job though of like acknowledging the previous movie at a lot yeah. of places, but never like never really shoehorning it in. 
either. Right, right. I loved right. all the cameos. I think Dan Aykroyd was my favorite. Yeah, he was, plays yeah. a cab driver in a scene that's just magnificent. And and, and the the second thing I think people people just want like perfection anymore when they go see things. So I see a lot of complaints about movies. This one in particular lately, but like just about any movie that comes out that people enjoy and stuff, people have these weird expectations about how perfect or, or a movie's supposed to be or what they think it's supposed to be. And then it's not that. So they're, they're mad. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that as a culture, we are like such media consumers now that everyone feels like they're a sommelier for TV and media. Like, Oh, well, they really didn't do this as well as they could have. You know, I, I'm just so easy. You put a, yeah, a me steam, too. You put a steaming bowl of movie in front of me. I'll eat it. I'm not <laughs> mad. It takes, I mean, a, a, something has to really go out of its way to make me like, be like, that's a piece of shit. Yeah. I think, I think even the Batman Superman, I wasn't wild about it, but I'm not mad that I saw it. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, I go, I go to be entertained mm-hmm. and more, more times than not, I certainly am. And, uh, yeah, I, I got, I, I still haven't seen uh, star Trek. I haven't either, but that's supposed to be new. great. And tons, yeah. tons. There you go. There's the blurry photos media moment, which was <laughs> more like the media half hour. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, cool stuff coming out that, that we, uh, appreciate our, our fans appreciate, you know, and, yeah, uh, I heard that that lights out movie was was pretty good. The previews freak me out because aren't they cool? Uh, yeah, because let me tell you something. Uh, Kim's out of town, and I am not accustomed. To, my my new house is big. I don't <laughs> think it's big in terms of houses, but in terms of guy who's been living in a one bedroom apartment for the last yeah. twenty years, this house is enormous to me. And like. Kim gave me a heads up. She's like, hey, by the way, this house is going to get creepy when you're in here by yourself. And she <laughs> was right. And then I saw that preview and I was like, son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's there's Christmas lights I can see on the walls. There's <laughs> right. I got crane janglers like everywhere. A, <laughs> crane janglers. <laughs> I see a Thomas the Tank Engine nightlight there on the, on the wall. <laughs> He toots at me reassuringly every hour on the hour. And most of the time it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll shut up. I just thought it was, it's, it's been a fun summer for movies yeah. and stuff so far. I can't wait for Dr. Strange, man. I really can't. He's my second favorite. Oh, I do have something for you. I don't know if you heard about this is, um, the same director who shot, um, what we do in the dark. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The vampire. Yeah. So apparently they showed this at Comic-Con and I don't, I mean, they say, oh, we don't know if we'll ever release it. Everything gets released. Why make it otherwise? It is a documentary about what Thor, it, and it's Chris Hemsworth, the actual Thor, what Thor was doing while civil war was happening. <laughs> oh, that's great. And it's, <laughs> he's got like a roommate. <laughs> And he was just hanging out in Australia the whole time. That's funny. And apparently, because uh, it's just a, a description, because it's just a guy who saw it, like in a uh, one of the halls at uh, Comic Con. And apparently, throughout the whole thing, he's like, "Well, have you have you heard from Tony Stark, aka Iron Man?" Every <laughs> single time he lists anybody, it's a it's their name, aka <laughs> superhero name. <laughs> I don't, That's great. It sounds absolutely hilarious. Have you heard from hilarious. Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow? <laughs> yeah. It uh, it looks really good. And who who plays Hulk? He's uh, in it. Mark Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Yeah, he's in it yeah. as well. And it's like apparently this absolutely hilarious like documentary of, of the whole thing. Like the, his roommates trying to like sweep the floor, and just Mjolnir sitting in the middle of the floor, and <laughs> has to like work around it. <laughs> is is that so? Is that out like on YouTube to watch? Uh uh-uh. uh that's the, that was the whole point of the story. That's why it was a, I didn't see it. It's a written account because it was like a super private screening of this little thing. Oh, I so mean, you think it'll get released at some point? I mean, uh, why, why on earth would you make that and then not and, release it? Yeah. So it, I mean, maybe, maybe it may be no time soon, but it'll come out eventually. It sounded well, just great. And I, yeah, I, yeah look awesome. that, look that up and read the, the description of it. Cause it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> 
So uh, I'm going to start us out uh, with news stories from July so far. And I've, I've got something that's pretty interesting, I think, because we've covered this before. And, you know, the the jury, I don't think the jury was out, but it's still a, a point of, I don't feel like we tied up all the loose ends. It's on artificial sweeteners. Oh. And the title of the article is Souring on Artificial Sweeteners, Substances May Boost Appetite. I think I've heard some of those 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 rumblings and studies here and there. I say you know, as I suck down another mouthful of aspartame soda. Mm, that's good. <laughs> it's funny, you know. D- diet Diet Cokes for me, like if I drink a diet anything, I'll drink a Diet Coke or, or something, and I get the worst dry mouth. It is not refreshing at all. Oh yeah, no. There's there is nothing sadder than being thirsty and only having like a Diet Coke to drink. Yeah. Oh. But this uh, this article comes from Live Science, and uh, they said that a study done in fruit flies and mice may may give us some uh, insight into some of these artificial sweeteners actually increasing uh, appetites in maybe not humans yet. We we haven't moved on to the trials of that, but mice and uh, flies, rats, are, rats and cats and bats and stuff uh, and stuff, yeah, are 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 feeling the hurt here. So. There have been some studies, and I think we even maybe talked about these in that episode, that, that artificial sweeteners, they might make you fat after all. And the reasoning behind that, I think, was, if I remember correctly, it tricks the brain into thinking that uh, you you haven't gotten the, the caloric intake, right? Or, or you, it tricks the brain. I've heard a few versions of it. it. One that I heard was that the uh, your, your body takes the, the artificial sweetener and doesn't necessarily know that it's not sugar, and mm-hmm. so it releases an equivalent amount of insulin to deal with what should be that amount of sugar. That insulin will still find sugar complexes in the food you've eaten, and oh, so it it actually it sets out to store more sugar than it would uh, if you would use like a you know uh, a regular right. sweetener. Yeah. So, or if you just use sugar itself, I think it still would use less. So it's so it's I, I've I've heard. Things in that nature. I don't know a hell of a lot about it, so I don't want to dig myself a hole I have to penalty myself out of. I just got done listening to House of Pain, and it was indeed painful. Uh, Well, this is uh, coming from Greg Neely, who's an associate professor of genomics at the University of Sydney in Australia. And in the study, apparently they had fruit flies that some of them were were, uh, fed a diet with uh, sugary foods, and some were fed a diet of sucralose sweetened foods. George sucralose, uh, yeah, if you can believe it, if such a thing's S- even possible. Sucralose sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Is More such a thing artificially air. sweetened? Yes, it is. <laughs> they did this for five days, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> The reason they use sucralose, which is the the thing that's in um, Splenda, that's that's Splenda's thing. You know how aspartame is, um, uh, I guess, NutraSweet. You know, like uh, equal and sweet and low is saccharin. Is that right? I think that's how the breakdown yeah, is. I think you're right. Well, they didn't. Apparently, they didn't like saccharin, so so they wouldn't eat the food that had sweet and low on it. But they would do the Splenda, which is uh, sucralose. So after five days, the flies that were on the sucralose diet, every time I say that, I, I think of, of him now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ruined forever. <laughs> uh, he ruins everything forever. So Forever. After five days, those flies were switched back to regular sugar uh, diet. And according to this article, they found that the flies that had been fed the sucralose diet started eating about 30% more calories than the ones that had been eating sugar from the start. Whoa, that's a pretty big uptake. Yeah, that's a that's a cool third. Yeah. So so they you know they wanted to find out what was causing that, and uh, in one of the probably more vague statements here, uh, the article says using molecular genetic approaches to study the activity of brain cells. The scientists found that the sucralose activated a quote unquote fasting response in the flies' brains. So I guess because they were act- they were actually taking in less calories, their brains kind of turned into like, for, for lack of a, a better term, that made their brains not recognize that they were eating enough calories uh, on the whole. 
And so, so it perceived that they weren't getting enough food. And that w- that's what made them eventually eat more uh, when they were getting getting food. Does that make sense? Not at all? Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I, I guess I guess you just throw that log on the fire of like artificial sweeteners pro- probably shouldn't. That's, I, yeah. That's the t-shirt I would make. Artificial sweeteners probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Colon, probably shouldn't. <laughs> it, it's like a scale of, you know, should I, shouldn't I? And- at one end of the scale is all the stuff that we had talked about where it's like, you're going to get uh, headaches, you're going to get thyroid problems, you're, you're going to get uh, migraines, muscle cramps, fatigue, dry mouth, anorexia. Like, that's the extreme end. So then you're like, <laughs> okay, dial it back, buddy, dial it back. And and then you, you kind of yo-yo back and forth. But it seems like this would be a, a pretty good average, a good in-between for it's like, well... It may not kill you here, but it's going to not do good things for your body right. in the end. You know. Now, of course, they, they tried it in uh, mice uh, or a similar experiment. Uh, it, it, it did the same thing except for, and this is a, a, a weird thing to throw in at this point to me. They had some mice that were uh, genetically modified, I guess, to not have a certain neuropeptide in their brain and that neuropeptide played a role in uh and and how their appetites were affected in the end so just regular old mice i i think if they you know were fed were fed sucralose uh then they ended up consuming more calories yeah after that but when they had the mice that didn't have this certain neuropeptide that was apparently the key to this whole appetite debacle <laughs> then they they weren't affected at all and they they just continued about their eating habits. So, I guess that kind of narrows it down to what might be behind the cause of the brain not understanding that it's not not, not getting enough sure. food. Right. Yeah. So I I think you summed it up completely. Artificial sweeteners well, if you if you want it primarily for weight loss or health, probably not. <laughs> Artificial know. sweeteners, colon Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> new new T-shirt, awesome. So that's yeah, that's what I got from Live Science. There, I got a fun article here. Speaking of science, because we were, yeah, Tour de France just wrapped up. A uh, guy who won it, it's his third win. Good for him. And uh, you know, I I forget. Uh, I I listened to this really great uh, uh, podcast that was about doping and how. Uh, how elaborate and thorough the old U.S. Postal uh, Lance Armstrong doping operation was. And they were saying, so the guy who, and I think it's the same guy who won it this year, if he, the guy who won it last year at his time for the whole race would have been 43rd 10 years ago. That's how much, wow. That's how much doping there, like back then, like they, like they, they didn't even, because once they cleared, Lance Armstrong's victory, you know, they just went to the next guy. Wow. They went to the next guy so many times that there are no winners for those years. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Every single Jeez. one of those mofos has since been busted for doping. So there's just no winners for those years, which is fascinating. But uh, now they're turning to techno doping, I guess. Technology has gotten to the point where you can fit a motor inside the frame of a bike and there is uh the seat yeah an invisible motor in the bike wow and um uh you can uh, i'll try to track some down uh but i know that i've seen them i know you can find these on youtube videos of you know a, a distant cyclist crashing and his bike back tire just keeps whipping around and he's oh, like oh, wow. oh and he tries to you know tries to put the bike on or get on the bike as fast as he can or because if you look at the way a, a bike's designed, the seat post part of the frame, um, the center of, a, of, a, of any bike frame is a triangle. You know, there's uh-huh. the horizontal bar, and then there's the seat post, and then the front arm. That seat post always points right down to the, the central, the, the bottom bracket uh, on, the, on the crank. And you can put a cylindrical motor in there and have that directly interact, uh, interact with the bottom bracket. And wow. so... The, there's this this fun article uh, in the Guardian that's this year 
Tour de France officials are going to set up hidden thermal cameras <laughs> to catch the, to see if anyone's bike frames are glowing. Because <laughs> I mean, there's it's it's hard enough to fit the motor in there. It's not like they can the thermal dampen it, you know. Yeah, where's the exhaust going? It's it's electric. Oh, you man. can't smell it. It's electric on buggy, the Tour buggy, de France. <laughs> Yeah, they're tiny electric motors. And so Crazy. it's been this thing that they've been monitoring for years now as it gets as it becomes more and more uh because these are really expensive, obviously, thousands and thousands of dollars for one of these tiny motors. But when you think about the amount of money that like the US postal team brought in during its rampage, it's 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 worth it. It's it's nothing. It doesn't matter. True. My question is how heavy are they? Because don't you want to have like the lightest paper clip of a bike to, to do these races? You do because you're the one carrying it. Mm-hmm. But if you're adding, I mean, keep in mind this thing, it's maximum diameter is what an inch and a half. And it's maybe eight inches long. Even if it was made out of lead, uh, which it certainly isn't, you know, it's, it's not even adding a pound to your bike. Yeah. And it's certainly, you know, obviously it's not like these guys are just riding along on scooters. It's an assist, but over the course of a, of a, of a, say the tour de France, that's a huge help because it's, a, it's a, it's not only helping you on the uphills where you really need it, but even on the downhills, it's continuing to push you. So you're going faster on the downhills hills and faster on the flats. I mean, it's an, it's an enormous advantage. Sure. And and I know um, sometimes uh, the article I'd read when the race uh, organizers would would set up a big known thermal camera, they would just swap bikes out, ride a clean bike by the camera, and put it back on. So they were going through all this to make them very very secretive, and no one knows where they're going to be now. And God, I just don't know why bike riders are such fucking liars. <laughs> why can't they just ride their bikes? Uh, it, the desire to win is so strong, you, you can't have a clean competition of human skill and ability. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll find it. I mean, um, it's the same thing in everything these days. Look at the fucking political shit show that's going on in the country. Oh, everything. Every, absolutely everything is a gigantic screaming five alarm shit show. <laughs> yeah, I said it. By the way, that's what I called my chili entry. Five alarm show. Screaming show. Here, uh, just in case anyone wants to look it up, because it, it is a fascinating read. It's like not even 20 minutes long. Planet Money, episode 417. Lance Armstrong in the business of doping. I mean, they even were doing things so they could hide uh, extra blood. Because that's what they were yeah. doing, is they were giving everyone extra blood. They brought on the dog. Uh, onto the tour as their team mascot, but they had lined the bottom of its kennel with bags of blood, and that's how they were transporting it. I mean, Hell, just... at least it was the kennel. <laughs> yeah, at least the dog's not full of blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's 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 just it's stupid. I mean, and even um, you know, magic of recording. As of the day that this got recorded, the IOC is uh, is not necessarily banning Russia altogether. Oh. Where have I heard this? I heard something pretty in depth about this. Maybe you were telling me or something, but like all but like one Russian athlete or something. Uh, maybe and maybe this was for the Olympics, not the Tour de France. But right, yeah, Russia only has like one or two athletes that are. Well, the they were going to be banned across the board. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it nuts. used to be because because they've determined that the the Russian doping program was run by the Russian government. And right. the the checks and balances on it, right? Right, because yeah. they yeah, so that no athlete. Oh, it was, honestly, it was John Oliver. That's what oh, it was. There you go. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched that for a while. Uh, but yeah, so they they just ruled today that they, there's still the possibility of individuals being allowed to compete. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's just just insane. I mean, it is. Why it's even insane. have it? I mean, this this Olympics is. Um, I know we've said the phrase a hundred times tonight already. <laughs> But given the state of the sewage and the water, an actual literal shit show. 
Uh, I've been, I have listened to a few Planet Monies recently. Mm-hmm. I went in there just because you talk about it so much. And they do have a lot of fascinating shows on there. It's kind of hard for me to listen to it because I absolutely hate economics, but it's still pretty interesting to hear about like the closed door meetings that JP Morgan made with uh, all the banksters and stuff to. Oh, yeah. To start the Fed and, and things like that. And like some of it's infuriating, some of it's interesting. I mean, personally, I, I feel like the presenters on, on there are a little bit to yay free market yay money for my taste because i feel like there's a lot of glaring red flags that are like that's that's not a good thing for the common man that's good for wall street but i enjoy the show anyway yeah i think the thing that i like about it is that they are economists and so they do and every now and then they'll be like now we get it no one likes this but economically it's a great way for this to work it doesn't necessarily help a lot of people but this actually balances the system. Like they are, I, I would say that they always land on the side of what makes, uh, what makes economic sense, not necessarily the best way to create a program to help people. Uh, I will say this, episode 708 uh, just came out about a month ago. It's all about Bitcoin. I, I listened to that one. Was that <laughs> when they were talking about uh, the guy in China who was running the farms or the mines? He was uh, mining the... I actually have not listened to that one yet. Oh, I just okay. saw it because I pulled it up because I wanted to list which. Uh, I kind of um, save them because I really like to listen to them when I'm riding my bike. So I, until I go on a long ride, then I, I save them up and then I'll have like five or six to go through for. Yeah, because they're pretty short. They're like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah they don't take so, a ton but, of time. But uh, yeah, I, I did listen to the Bitcoin one because, you know, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was it was interesting how they... How they talked about it, and it, it made me no less infuriated at Bitcoin at all. But the one good thing is it, it sounds like those who are weirdly in charge of Bitcoin want to keep it open and without anybody's hands on it. And they say that a lot of American uh, programmers and stuff are, are coming to China and trying to like I- impose their will ah. on, you know, they're, they're like, according to them, we're Americans, do what we say. And of course, you know, the Chinese programmers are like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, that's, I don't know. Interesting. Plan of money. Uh, we're, wa- we're wandering. We're wandering. We're, we're, we're getting around. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, the next article I got is entitled The Scientific Mystery of a Man Living with 90% of His Brain Missing. Oh, is that the story of Dave Stecco? It was a hot day in Iowa when... <laughs> yeah! No, uh, uh, this is about a 44-year-old French father of two who one day found out that most of his brain was not in his head, or at least not solidly in his head. What? So he's got a lot of liquid sloshing around in his skull and almost no brain tissue left. So he's had this uh, lifelong condition called hydrocephalus right which is in other words uh water on the brain and that happens when when you get too much cerebrospinal fluid putting pressure on your brain and then uh the brain's cavities abnormally increase so uh a cognitive psychologist at the université libre in brussels named alex clearmans said that uh, this guy was living a normal life he has a family he works his iq was tested and uh, it came out to be 84, which is slightly below normal. So he's not bright, but he's socially fine. Yeah. And the thing is, this guy came in to help with leg pain. He was having pains in his leg, and apparently they found a cyst in his uh, brainstem and, and cerebellum, which were completely filled with fluid. He said three of his main brain cavities were, were filled with only fluid. And then um, there was a cyst that had the brainstem and cerebellum kind of all fused together in there. And uh, Clearman said that the plasticity of the brain is probably more pervasive than uh, we thought it was. It's truly incredible that the brain can continue to function more or less within the normal range with probably many fewer neurons than in a typical brain. But if you're interested in consciousness, the idea that the activity of the 
brain uh, produces awareness, then you know this could could change uh, the the thought of what is needed for consciousness and and what is needed for uh, a brain to work and and for a person you know to work with a brain. Current and and the the article mentions that uh, some current theories uh, say that part of the the part of the brain called the thalamus is responsible for self awareness and uh, with this guy with with this study now yeah I I, that, I would love to see a scan of that head just is just a water balloon with some chunks floating in it yeah I don't know I've got a I've got a really bad black it, it's it's in color uh in the link that I'm gonna post but. What I've got doesn't really. It just sort of all looks hollow in the in the scan. I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, isn't that crazy? Jesus. He, this this guy Clearman says that Clearman Clearman. He think he thinks that the brain learns learns to be conscious, as as opposed, I guess, to to just being that from the beginning. I don't know, but he says the brain constantly adapts and learns how to describe what it does to itself. Not only knowing information, but knowing that it knows that information, and uh, and he describes consciousness as the brain's theory about itself. <laughs> wow, I kind of yeah. like that. Isn't that's that, just your theory, just, no, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just what you think, man. How about that? I mean, we we don't know shit about shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I feel, I feel like that's 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 not necessarily the most crushing news. <laughs> There was that old um, thought experiment. I, I remember back in friggin' freshman biology class in high school. Like uh, the teacher put forth the whole thing of you're in a you're in a car crash. You're you're paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, are you still human? Are you still conscious? And you know everybody'd say, well, yeah. And then they say, well, then you you have a stroke. And maybe you lose some more functionality functionality in, in you know in now what is just your head? Are you still human? Well, it, yeah, I guess so. Then you, you weren't human to, to begin with. You have to you have to sever the head, but we're able to keep it alive, like like in Futurama, kind of. Uh, that's me paraphrasing, by the way. But um, <laughs> are you still human? Are you still conscious? Yes. Well, then you have to remove. You get a disease where you. The only way to survive is if you take your brain and put it in in a jar that will transmit your thoughts and, and feelings or whatever. Are you still alive? Are you still conscious? So it's just and a then, it's a reductionist thought experiment. It just keeps exactly. getting cutting, 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 cutting. Yeah, until it's like, well, when where's the line? Where where do you draw the line of consciousness, and where do you draw the line of, of you know being human, and uh, it, even down to like putting your information onto like a hard drive or something? Well, I mean, that's isn't that the foundation of an abortion argument too? In, uh, in the other if direction. You I mean, yeah, you're, you you're, wanna... you're just, you're, you're such, you're incrementally adding cognitive function. At which point do you say the lights are on? Right, right. And, and as I guess, as long as you're aware through the whole thing, you, you have consciousness, right? I mean, in this thought experiment. Yeah. Cause consciousness is awareness. And, I would say I, consciousness. I would say that as long That's as you are capable of telling them, yes, take the next step <laughs> then yep. you're conscious i guess as long as you can answer the question should we further should we take your brain out of your skull and put it into the you know like as long as you can answer what the next step is then i would say you're still conscious sure that would be so, that would be my from the hip answer uh so this guy is which doesn't count steps. for demon possession guys that's a totally different thing i want anybody saying well what if you're possessed by a demon that's different because the demon will answer <laughs> he'll answer <laughs> you don't need a brain for that dirty demons thunder cheap <laughs> so uh what a what an amazing story though to to learn that you just have like a a piece of of your brain left and yet you can <laughs> ah, 
I mean, it doesn't take much to function in today's society. <laughs> oh, 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 you don't care who you hurt. <laughs> I, wish, I wish people could see the weird thing you're doing right now. It's kind of like that Numa Numa man, but like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that, that's, uh, that was my story. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. I've got a, uh, a really... This is pretty specific. But I want you to understand that this is this is what could happen. Man called police accusing his neighbor of stealing a six pack just before nearly decapitating him with the machete and burying his body under a rotting deer carcass. Oh god. If it is if it's expensive like Budweiser Select, I understand its fury. Uh, okay, let me guess what state it's in. Yeah, you're going to be wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. North of the Mason-Dixon, significantly. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Um, then I will go with New Hampshire. Close. Maine. Wow. Yeah. I just love the idea of, of, of a six-pack six theft. That's a six pack theft. And the guy, the, so in retribution, he, he almost decapitates him with a machete. Yeah. Yee. Yep. Yeah. That must've been some good Budweiser. Filet. Well, yeah, you work hard all day. You just want to relax with a top quality beer product that is also available at a gas station. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, oh, I do have a, I have a, a good fun sciencey thing. Oh, that uh, was that. That was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, well, that's so terrible. Those uh, those gigantic craters that are showing up in Siberia been showing yeah. up for the last uh, couple of years. People don't know. I think we may have touched on it here and there. These big mystery craters. I mean, like a hundred foot across holes that are hundreds of feet deep. Are they sinkholes? Did they were they calling them sinkholes? Well, they didn't know. They, that's one of the theories that they were sinkholes, but because most of the theories are rooted in climate change because, uh, Siberia is, is in deep shit right now because of the rising global temperature. Uh, the permafrost is melting and as yeah, they're the, going to have to rename that, right? Yeah. As the name implies, it was supposed <laughs> to stay frozen. <laughs> um, it's now just occasional frost. And, uh, the <laughs> thing is what they've figured out is, um, Slush. There is an enormous amount of methane gas that has been oh, held no. under by this layer of uh, frozen uh, water and earth mixture. Wow. And so these craters are giant outgassings of methane. They've The scientists have been working at these things. They, they've been measuring the gas levels at the bottom of them. And these are just giant gas jets. They even had this kind of creepy uh video and um uh the the story has uh we've got a link that we'll put in the show notes two really interesting videos attached to it uh one of them is of this person is kicking this mound of of grass covered earth and it's like a waterbed oh wow i see this and eventually after kind of kicking it around for a little while he's like f this and kind of really plants his heel in it makes a hole and you just falls in it. Yeah, no. And then just, it's just gas. It's just methane that was trapped under this layer of grass. And so, yeah, that's, it's, it's this, this methane outgassing that is uh, happening across Siberia, which of course is terrible news for the uh, atmosphere as well. That's what I was going to ask. Like how, how much is getting released and like how, how much damage is that doing? Well, I think they're kind of early times on it. I mean, they've just determined the cause of it, you know, and now they're trying to figure out, okay, well, what is it? Because when you look at these pictures, it looks like a borehole. It looks like a drill bit was shot down. Yeah. Um, you know, how much gas, what is the pressure required to do that? So, and then you, from there, and then once this hole's blown open, how much just um, gas is just seeping out of that hole now? You know, so it's, Tough, tough to know at this point. At least the 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 article didn't go into it, and uh, these these 
explosions are happening and they can be heard for miles and miles around as these outgassings occur. Mystery booms? Yeah. That's a that that's an interesting yeah, so you could take t- on it, huh? Yeah, you could tie those two together. Uh so Oof. it's it's a huge problem that they that I mean, obviously they don't they don't have any <laughs> any real hope of stopping, really. There's nothing right. you can do about it. So yeah, I just thought that was a, a kind of cool update to stuff that we've talked about before. I, I think we talked about it uh during the um the Siberian cauldrons episode a little bit. Yeah. This uh actually there's a little line in here it said that this amount of outgassing could double the amount of carbon mani- uh emissions. Ugh. Man, Asia is just effed in the Asia. It is, <laughs> it is effed right directly in its Asia. Um, <laughs> this this thawing of the permafrost is that going to open up a lot of stuff for Russia to capitalize on as in like resource mining? Are they going to get uh, maybe oil fields? Are they going to get uh, mining operations to to get rare earth uh, minerals and stuff? I mean, like maybe. I mean, the, the, there are really good reasons why no one goes to Siberia, and the cold isn't one of them. Um, okay, maybe the cold's one of them, but <laughs> so it's a pretty good part. <laughs> but um, this permafrost—it's not like directly under the earth. I mean, it is like meters below the surface. Um, because huge parts of Siberia are giant, horrible, mosquito-filled swamps um, that are yeah. extraordinarily dangerous. It is a hard area to even move through under the best of circumstances. Um, and so uh, it would have to be a rich gas field or a rich resource indeed to make it worth the expense and effort to try to exploit it. Um, having yeah. said that, I'm sure they will because um, especially having something like giant methane fields or natural gas fields open up, Russia has based so much of its economy on uh, gas exports and things like that. If they could, they'll double down on it because they, they, they keep all of Eastern Europe warm with their, yeah. their gas exports. So it's politically a weapon for them. So they're not going to not take the opportunity to get more of that going, but um, and I think we've talked about this before, this melting of the permafrost has huge ramifications for biological science, for archaeology. You know, there yeah. are, they, they are hauling ass because now these, what used to be riverbanks that were held in place by permafrost are starting to erode and they're exposing mammoth skeletons or, or not yet even, you know, the frozen mammoth bodies, uh, lots of opportunities for archaeology to get done. And there are some silver linings to it, but then again, there's like. There's probably there. m- massive wildlife uh, redistribution. Yeah, like you said, uh, I-, I-, I can imagine the environmental factors of uh, a river suddenly <laughs> either springing up or, or getting loosed. Yeah, you know when it's been held back and man, it's wild times. warming, right? So that's a that's a cool thing. Uh, check out those videos because it is interesting to see the guy just put his foot through it and just watch it just i thought it was i thought it was water under there at first but nope wild yeah what do you got flora this next one uh, i've got comes from space.com called uf no (laughs) nasa shoots down speculation over space station video have you heard of this there's uh, the conspiracy that a UFO flew into the frame uh, of the ISS, the International Space Station, Hey-o. while while NASA was while NASA was streaming a video, and they cut the feed real quick when the, when it happened. But apparently, it wasn't quick enough because lots of people saw what they thought was a UFO flying in there, and of course, everybody thinks, well, awesome cover up. That's right. Well, because they were probably just bringing new uh, a new load of monoatomic gold to the International Space Station. Yeah, to transfer via the wormhole. Yep, that is on the other side of the moon. Yep, controlled by the reptilian base. God, so, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, please, let's have that happen. Then we'd know who the bad guys really were. <laughs> well, well, NASA says, look, look, it's it's not rare for the space station camera. Uh, to cut out for various reasons, including the fact that the station orbits the Earth about 16 times per day and frequently slips out of direct contact with NASA. That's one thing that regularly happens. 
And and then uh, the other point they bring up is that bright objects are 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 shooting straight towards the Earth all the time. Yeah, and they they become brighter when they hit the atmosphere. You know, like that's burning up. That's all that is. It could be uh, stuff that that's burning up uh, uh, debris. It could be reflection off of something that's already floating around out there. Be it man-made or be it not, but not necessarily a UFO. Right. And of of course, NASA denies seeing any uh, unidentified flying object from the International Space Station. Well, and I wonder, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't even seen the video, so there's nothing I can uh, say or add to that. But like, what about... I imagine if you're the ISS, which is not in a terribly high orbit, is my right. knowledge. It's, I mean, I would imagine you'd see flashes of things just burning up in the atmosphere all the time, is my sure. guess. I don't know that for sure. Maybe I'm just making excuses for the New World Order and my reptilian masters to make sure those gigantic checks keep arriving for our misinformation campaign. Right. Um, but the Earth is not flat, and don't forget to consume. Um <laughs> Those are the things I needed to say to keep, those, check, to keep, those, to keep those checks coming in in a Rolling. regular fashion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it's like, if that thing's flying around the earth all day, every day, it, it's not like it's stationed up there uh, and hovering in a geosynchronous orbit with Houston. Right. You know, like it, it's not stay. It, it's in orbit. It's flying around. It's, yeah, geo- it's constant free fall. Geosynchronous orbit would have to be way further out, and that makes it really difficult to resupply, to get people to it. And so it's, yeah, it's it's ripping around. That's how we get all those amazing photographs of our round planet. Now, we talked about this in the old Flat Earth uh, episode, but you said that uh, the South Pole uh, station, doesn't isn't there a feed that's that's at the South Pole? Yeah, there's a webcam down there. And the, and sometimes it goes out, right? Yeah. When I was down there, they, we, I think, I, I have a hard time remembering, but I know that there was at least an eight-hour gap where we were not under satellite coverage. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a night's sleep, Broseph. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's, so yeah, that's a, because especially at the South Pole, it's a hard thing to uh, task a satellite just to, to loiter there. Um, and so... Yeah, you're going to, there's always gaps, not to mention these handoffs between satellite communications aren't like seamless. They are, they are little balls of, of electrical equipment whipping around the earth at tens of thousands of miles per hour. And, and they're made by the lowest bidder, (laughs) you know, like they, 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 it's, it's not, I mean, have you ever tried setting up a router in your own home? That's no fun either. (laughs) Now, now the router's going, you know, 12,000 miles an hour. <laughs> International Space Station made by Sanyo. Right. And you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to get it to, to, to talk to a Soyuz capsule. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot to, there's a lot. It turns out living in space, pretty hard. A lot of work. That's what I've, well, and have you heard the, the stories coming out about, um, uh, it was, it was the one astronaut in particular Scott Kelly, um, who I, th- I think just got back from, you know, a huge prolonged, yeah. Yeah. Run up there in, in space in the space station. And man, what, what was it? They, they said that prolonged time in space, not only does it really mess up, you know, your, your muscles and, and musculature and stuff, there was something else that it, it kind of messed up royally. I can't remember if it's like breathing or lungs your bone or density drops. That um, yeah, that's that's one part of it. It was something new that they were like, man, maybe it was like even walking. I I, think, I, I, I don't. Think it's it, well, it's muscular across the board. I know that your heart takes a kind of a uh, a tough hit there, um, just to maintain your blood pressure because there's a lot of differentiation there. Because suddenly, instead of uh, your heart gets a little weaker because there's no gravity, your blood just pumps everywhere at the same rate. Yeah, and then once you get back to to gravity, it's harder to get that blood up to your brain. It's 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 not necessarily accustomed to that kind of load. There's there's a just a grab bag of 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 manageable but still very real problems a person has when they come back from extended zero gravity. Yeah, gosh, it there's so many 
obstacles to overcome to do anything to get off this planet. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, a lot of it's gravity-based, too, if you think about it. Yeah. Just even getting off the planet. But the the health issues and stuff, a lot of that could be solved by figuring out artificial gravity or, or something to keep things running like they should. It's pretty amazing. I'd go up there if I could. Me, too. They're trying to get that stuff. I, I hear SpaceX is landing rockets right and left now, seems like. Well, I mean, it's 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 like anything else. You've got uh, the the privatization. People get a little bit better at it. They're doing it cheaper. They're doing it smarter. The way those um, autonomous rocket landings are going, they're, yeah. getting, they're getting better at that real fast. I did read a really fun article about Elon Musk um, talking about how close his his little empire kind of came to falling apart. Uh, he only had enough money for one more uh, SpaceX rocket launch and it had to go perfectly and it did. And they got this multi-billion dollar government contract, which saved that. And wow, you know, like Tesla had to have like the most amazing launch ever. And then it did. And that saved that company. And like, he was, he was it's right true. up against it, you know, but yeah, the, the, the process of, uh, just all of the different, uh, what are they, are they called the dragon series of rockets? Is that, what I think called? so. Um, uh, maybe I'll, although I feel like the dragons might be the person, the passenger ones. Maybe um, I, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's great. I mean, the more people go into space, the better, man. If you've got your own private <laughs> empire of money, build rockets, <laughs> put, put governments to shame, make them yeah. all ass to beat you to places. I mean, either. F- y- yeah. You figure out how to get into space because the planet's going to be wrecked soon. Or you figure out how to live underwater. Yeah. Because that's probably the last thing. (laughs) Where where the garbage just rains down on you every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Or you go underground and live with your reptilian brothers. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, soon we can live uh, with our reptilian brothers above ground as soon as the new world order and the globalists get what they want. The globalists. I love, I just roll that out like it's a thing. Damn it, Alex Jones. You got me. You got me. Man, somebody sent us a great video of him just crashing uh, one of the uh, n- news. Um, the, the, young, out, the, the young Turks. Young Turks uh, at the RNC. And, and he's, my God, he's like a little fucking goblin. He runs in there and <laughs> just kissing just, goblins covered in goblin vomit. <laughs> In bed with a goblin. <laughs> He's literally like giving the guy bunny ears while the guy's trying to be like, dude, we're doing an, an interview here. You need to get out. Like, this is our time. We don't do this to you. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you know, one, when that happened, uh, I just kind of decided because, hey, it's Alex Jones. I, I consider myself an Alex Jones lore master. And I decided to start digging into it. And Alex Jones and the Young Turts have been in a pissing match for uh, like eight years now. Because at one point, not eight years, I think it was like in 2012 maybe, uh, they got into a pissing match about who was the biggest independent news show on the web and just all over each other about it. And, you know, of course, I'm going to side with the Young Turks on this, a show I have never watched in my life. I guess I should now. Maybe I should learn something about it. I don't know anything about them, but they certainly hey. seem nicer. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the tiny little bits and pieces that I saw, they seem like nice folks. I don't know. I mean, they conduct I, themselves more professionally, but yeah. and they, I don't I don't know which direction they lean. I don't know. What oh, they are. They they were like Bernie's champion uh, oh, okay. for for the whole primary process. Like they are. They they were all about Bernie Sanders. They're all about like super left leaning and stuff. Oh, okay. they can, they can get about a bit arrogant about things like any you know independent news show uh, can. But um, that's interesting. I thought they were right wing because they they were broadcasting from the RNC. But yeah, no, they they are completely anti Trump, anti Republican agenda, and oh. yeah, they're and, super and, left and, and anti Alex Jones, <laughs> super <laughs> anti Alex Jones. So points. For them. He was, he was like, I can't describe it any better than just, he was a goblin to them. Wait, wait, he just wait, wait. ran on there. Wait, I'm, I'm Alex Jones, goblin call. Kissing, kissing, kissing goblins. Catch him in bed with a goblin. 
you know, another video I just saw, he was outside of the RNC shooting and doing something. And this guy comes up and starts doing his Alex Jones impression, which was spot (laughs) on. It was Tim fucking Heidecker of Tim and Eric just came out of nowhere and just crashed his, it wasn't Alex Jones. There was like one of his remote reporters doing a thing. Uh And, and I will say this, and you'll never hear me defend Alex Jones politics, but he was like, wait, uh, that guy sounded actually pretty good. Get him, uh, just shoot him, get him back in here. (laughs) <laughs> and like I was like, well, well, I, I kind of want to hear that. <laughs> and so he was doing. He goes, that's well, yeah. Pretty. He was like, that's that, that's pretty good, man. You know, you know. And then he, you know, he's like, well, you know, he's he's just another left wing, you know, idiot, whatever. But yeah, it was Tim Heidecker like crashed one of his remote sections. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should infiltrate Infowars. We should pretend to be uh, gun toting, conspiracy mongering, blow the lid off of him. Yeah, like, uh, and and just be, just be like, oh man, yeah, you're you're so right, Alex Jones. Like, you've got to watch out for for all the guns. Like, I'm stockpiling all the guns. Like, I'm I'm just going in, and you know how how at Walmart you can't get ammunition anymore. Well, it's because I'm buying it. It's not the government. <laughs> but yeah, I the thing is, I I've thought of that, and then I think like the things that I would have to say to sell that would haunt me till I died. <laughs> would would they yeah, you would go home feeling so dirty no no right. amount of showering could Yeah, silkwood showers. <laughs> <could> cleanse you. <laughs> I think I think that'll I think that'll do it for me there, Chico I'm man. I'm going to wrap it up. Well, we got a got a lot of good discussion uh Yeah. <laughs> this one went on some tangents a little bit. Just sort of wandered around, got a little here, got a little there. <laughs> and we got a new sound effect out of it, so Goblin Jones. Yep. The old goblin call. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what you can do to uh, to call all. <laughs> you know what you can do. Call all your goblins. <laughs> call, call, call them. Call them all pod goblins. <laughs> Assemble your your pod goblin crew to to go over to Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a five star rating on uh, iTunes. the The iTunes activity has been righteous lately. Yeah. We appreciate all of that from you guys. You know that we love you for taking time out of your day to go in there and, and say something so nice about yeah. us, and 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 even you know the for the the folks that create uh, an account or, or whatever just to rate us for the first time or the only time or like that that speaks volumes, uh, and and we're humbled by that. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. I mean, not humbled so much that we get quiet or or have any humility, but we are humbled as much as is possible. So thank we, you. Guys. We are we are humble bundles and humble uh, bundles. And you can pay what you can uh, through our donate button. Yep. And and get get a, a nice reward. <laughs> how 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 many people are going to pick up on this? Right. <laughs> this yeah. One. You're you're really you're you're fishing in deep water now. <laughs> But uh, if you if you don't uh, if if you want a, the leasing option on on the old uh, 2016 blurry photos model, then you can always go over to patreon.com slash blurry photos. Look us up on there. There's tons of uh, great w- rewards that we give back to you if you sign up uh, uh, to be a patron. Mm-hmm. And um, we, as a as a matter of fact, are on our way to. The next uh, milestone, which is what, Dave? That will be the $1,000 milestone where we get to pack up our, our ramshackle sleigh loaded up with weirdness and take it on the road. That's right. A pack of rabid jackalopes uh, <laughs> <laughs> leading the sled. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's amazing that we are inching towards that, actually. Yeah. And I promise you, if we get to that, we will bring our show to you. Unless you're in Live. Unless you're in Boise. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Boise. Boise. Boise might be first. Yeah, yeah, we may have, may have, may have uh, had to had to do something about that. Three people at the Boise show, but hey, you know what? They're good people. The and coolest people. <laughs> yeah, we can yeah, take no, our show we, on the road and, and get things moving around. It's crazy. And we and Dave and I have even floated the idea, but certainly with that kind of patreon money coming in i think international shows are definitely on the table yep yes yes indeed i would like to do a show in germany we could definitely do uh, a show jaeger live (laughs) yeah right (laughs) get booed off the stage um definitely a a show in britain straya get down there to you guys i mean 
the sky's the limit. We can make that that dollar stretch. Cause, Let's stretch them dollars. Because we travel travel light and and heavy heavily. Yeah, I can fit Flora in a duffel bag and then carry it. Yep, and uh, probably fit me in the overhead compartment. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Um, always audibletrial.com slash blurry photos to yep. get a free audio book for yourself and a high five for us. Don't forget to check out the Blurry Photos fan page, which is yep. uh, uh, up and running and glorious. They're, I think they're even working on a Wikipedia entry it's, now. It's it's awesome. I've been it's amazing. Uh, uh, as promised, I, I started uh, even as of today. You know, you and I will see a video, we'll get it stuck in our head, we'll reference it for the heads of the ends of the earth. Uh, so now I'm going to start posting those videos so that everyone can at least not wonder why we are such weirdos to a small <laughs> degree. I can just take like 3% off of that wondering. <laughs> so true. Um, yeah, that's, that's a ton of fun. So check out the blurry photos fan page. Uh, there's a couple of videos up there that I, I posted. Uh, enjoy them. Uh, I know that we <laughs> certainly them. did. I command it. Enjoy them. And as always, thank you to the, Chicago Podcast Co-op and Cards Against Humanity uh, for being amazing sponsors for us and uh, a great depository de- depository of uh, fun shows. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you one. Or, tell, or, tell you or one. repository. You just is, yeah. You, you could reposit or just deposit and then leave you, it you for can, someone else. All the posits are yeah. at the podcast co-op. And uh, here's here's one for you if you haven't tried yet. Uh, how about the rewatch podcast? This is Max Timken, who basically is Cards Against Humanity, right? Uh, and Patrick Klepek uh, from Kotaku rewatch one episode of Lost each week and talk about it from there. Uh, so check those guys out, the Rewatch Podcast, and we all, as always and forever, uh, owe a great debt of gratitude to Cards Against Humanity and the yep. podcast. You guys Co-op. are glorious. Thank you, guys. Uh, and also uh, check out DarkMyths.org. It is a collection of podcasts, a lot of history podcasts, but uh, a lot of stuff that goes into our realms and beyond. And beyond! And beyond! You you can find a lot of cool shows there if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks to those guys at The Collective. Uh, and I, I think that's it. That's all I got for business. Yeah. Well, then I, I guess the only other thing is next week on Bullstone. America continues its slow descent into irrelevance. What are you doing to distract yourself? Hush, little baby, don't say a third. (laughs) How early is too early to teach your child fractions? These stories and more on the next Taint Wrangling episode of Bullstone.